the Creativity Podcast. My name is Eddie Smith, of course, the host, and I have the honorable woman uh, and the legend, Lauren, on the podcast. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, so this is like my debut episode, guys. It's like my first episode, so of course... We're honor- I have to give where honor is due. So just tell us a little, a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of you. Thank um, you. But yeah, um, I'm Lauren. I am 22. I live in Chicago. Um, and right now I'm getting my doctorate in clinical psychology. So I'm a PsyD student. Um, I do a ton of activism work and I have my own podcast too called Happy You're Here. Um, and yeah, I've met Eddie like Oh my gosh it's probably like over a year now um and it's just been great to see you grow and to see you just like create space um for other people so i'm so excited to be a part of it oh absolutely thank you so much yeah it's been a while you know um yeah yeah i i, just, I definitely know that you're you're the chicago native for a lot of uh black and brown women um yeah. and, and yes i was uh featured in her podcast uh, a couple months ago and yeah. it was great like my it's like my creativity was one of the, one of my creativities was inspired by you for sure. So um, it's definitely an honor to be on here with you. Um, so yeah, so you're you are a Chicago native but um, an activist. So tell us a little bit about that. Like I, I see that like you're you're making a lot of change for people in Chicago, especially women. Um, mm-hmm. I know that you um, that you did a protest before, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, so I'm I would call myself a halfway Chicago native. So my mom is from Iowa and my dad is from Chicago. So I was back okay. and forth between Iowa and Chicago my whole life. So moving to Chicago full time when I was 18 wasn't like really brand new to me, but um I'll give credit where credit is due. I am, you know, I did my schooling in Iowa and stuff and then moved up to Chicago almost who what is that 18 19 21 almost like five six years now um but yeah so yeah i do a lot of activism work um i i done a couple protests in the past my most recent one was um during the summer when uh roe v wade was kind of under target um Mm -hmm. and we had you know people come downtown and we talked a lot about about women's rights and um access to abortions and um just overall the entire purpose of what Roe v. Wade was was targeting and it wasn't just women's like right to abortion it was right to all health care for women right and so it was um, a really really cool uh, a thing that I got to be part of and there were so many amazing women and women of color that were there sharing their stories so yeah that was really impactful and I've done a lot of protests too surrounding like Black Lives Matter and in that organization and stuff too and so yeah it's just a really really big passion of mine and like you said like it's just it's hard to find people in places and places that really uplift people of color and their voices especially women and so any way that i can do that i want to want to be a part of that so yeah yeah that sounds really good because you know unfortunately it's not most young who wants to come yeah. on and like you know fight for our rights because mainly people were taught to um turn the other cheek or like um avoid any like conflict with involving with change because you know and that's a very big topic roe versus way um Mm -hmm. and i was very i was very scared for um you know especially for black and brown women because it's like you're taking away their birthright you know what i'm saying like you're taking away their choice 
and yep. just to see you like advocated for that was amazing to me like you were like you were like very brave like most and I, honestly I don't even know like some women probably wouldn't even do it like some women would probably yeah. be like you know I, I don't want to speak up because I'm afraid you know where did where did you get this passion and like confidence from Oh, that is such a hard question. <laughs> I don't know if I would say a confidence. I don't, I don't know. I, I think my platforms and everything that I do, I try to be 100% authentic in myself, right? So I, I, I mean, I struggle with my confidence every single day, like I think all of us do. Yeah. Um, good days, I have bad days, but... I don't know. I think from such a young age, I was I was raised by by really strong women in my life. I don't have that good of a relationship with my dad, and um, my mom and my grandmother were two of like the biggest women in my life that just pushed me and taught me like, yo, we did this on our own. We raised you on our own. Like, you're strong enough. You can do it. And um, I think just growing up and being surrounded by such strong women, I was able to really see like yo Lauren like you can do this like you have a voice you should be able to speak for yourself and it's a really scary world right because we are surrounded by so many men in our society especially white men that have you know um I don't know taken over a lot of spaces and places in our world and so um I think just being brought up by such strong powerful women has really just like pushed me to keep going and to keep fighting um there's definitely some days that are harder than others and I feel like it's hard to um you know speak up because you're afraid of like what people will think especially with the Roe versus Wade topic because it was a very like controversial thing in our society especially like within the church too I am a Christian and so I know like a lot of people say right like no one should get an abortion yada 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 and all that within the church but like at the end of the day like it's not my decision right everyone has Mm -hmm. the free will to do what they want with their body and um so I think a lot of people instead of speaking out about it and and standing up for people's rights decided to take the easy way and kind of just become silent and Mm -hmm. um yeah I just knew knew that it was controversial and it was gonna (laughs) be hard but like I knew that I needed to speak up about it because there are so many people that are scared and don't have the platform or don't have the voice or don't know how to go about it so I don't know just trying to be authentic as possible and continue to fight even on those days where I feel like I don't have the energy to do it so <laughs> yeah it's, it's called being it's, it's called being a human being so yeah you know, it's gonna be some days where like you don't really feel as confident some days you're gonna feel like I got this some days you're gonna feel like oh I don't know but like definitely because as a, as a man of God myself, yeah. me, I don't really like, when it comes to choices, I let people make their own decisions for sure. Yep. And I know yep. that this is not a topic that like, I'm well versed on because I am a young man. And of course, most of these topics are like, involving abortion, women's rights, you know, that, that belongs to the women. Right. But what I do agree on is that every woman deserves to, deserves to have a choice. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If, if a woman wants to, you know, go full turn with the um, fetus and the embryos yeah. by all means like I'm, I'm, I'm support you you need yeah. you need diapers baby wipes cool I got you right but, right no for real but then like if you if you decide not I'm gonna be like you know what I, I got your bag you got my comfort um it's your choice you know I'm, I'm here for you if you need me you know all of that so you know I I definitely agree that you know, I, I, I think that most women should have a choice. All women should have a choice, Absolutely. no matter what. So, Absolutely. you know, that, that's just what it is. It's just, it's scary yeah. that like, you know, oh. even in the church, man, like it's scary that like people think that like, you know, God is going to be mad at you if you get an abortion or, you know, 
at the end of the day, who could we judge? Who could we judge? Right. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's how I've always lived my life. Like, who am I to judge? Because I know I've made my mistakes and that doesn't mean my sins are less than somebody else's sins. Like, we're all imperfect people living in an imperfect world and there's no way that any of us are gonna be perfect 24 7 so it's not it's not up to me to judge I'm here to support you I'm here to talk with you I'm here to sit with you I'm here to listen but at the end of the day like I'm not gonna judge anyone because I could be in that position one day you could be in that position one day right to make a mistake to do something and so like we have to I, I just can't I, I don't know I just have never been able to be that type of person that judges somebody else's actions or condemns somebody else because we're living in such a chaotic imperfect world and I mean I, I think we try our best right I mean I like I said make mistakes all the time but mm-hmm. I try my best to lead with a heart of like love and compassion instead of like condemnation and, and, and pain right so yeah. yeah it's it's hard especially within church like you said but I don't know just trying to be that light within like such a dark place is like the only way that you can really go oh absolutely you know it's, it's good to you know want to stand out and want to be that light in the midst of right. darkness for sure because most people they it's, it's most people it's it's easy to settle and be in for darkness but it's hard to yeah. want to be yourself and yeah. um you know i know that you're biracial right yes i am so what is it so how does that so what's your everyday life right being a biracial woman right in chicago yep. what how does that impact you <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I, I am biracial. My mother's white and my dad is black. Um, yeah, it's whew, it's impacted me since I, I was young. Right. I mm-hmm. like I said, I was back and forth between Iowa and Chicago, which are two completely different worlds. Um, <laughs> I grew up, yeah, I grew up in like predominantly white spaces all the time. Uh-huh. My high school that I went to here in Iowa was, I think, a hundred people were in my graduating class and I was one of like six or seven black people in my graduating class. So if that tells you anything, um, it was it was really, really rough growing up here. Um, I, I love my family to death here. Um, I I owe them my life, um, but they're also white too, right? So I was I was mm-hmm. raised in, in circles of primarily white people my whole life. And so I always had this I guess chip on my shoulder of like who who is Lauren? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, am I really black enough? Am I white enough? Am I um, is my hair curly enough? Should I be straight? What should I do? Like I went through this like huge identity crisis my entire life just trying to figure out like who I was. Um, and I knew from a young age that as soon as I turned 18, I wanted to move to Chicago. Um, I knew I always wanted to do school there and just kind of be around even if it wasn't my family, just around more diversity. Um, And when I moved to Chicago, that was, oh my gosh, such an eye-opening experience for me. Um, Yeah, share it, come on. Dan, I'm just like, I have never, not that I've never seen that much diversity in my life, but I've never been in a space where like I was accepted and I felt like seen. I was, I was always like, the girl like in the corner trying to keep to herself trying to like conform into all of these norms of like oh I'm gonna straighten my hair I'm gonna talk like this I'm gonna walk like this I'm gonna do that because it will help me to fit in and when I moved to Chicago um I was really able to like embrace my black identity I like chopped my hair I went like full curly hair I started to learn more about my history I 
majored when I was an undergrad I majored in black world studies so that really helped me to learn more about my history um and I got connected with like my family and stuff and so it was really cool to see but it's still a battle um of trying to figure out like who I am and I think that will be something that I am gonna have to navigate like my entire life um so yeah I don't know I think it's it's an interesting conversation to bring in the topic of like colorism within the black community right that's a whole different topic (laughs) right like well you're so light-skinned yada 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 or like oh everyone likes you because you have a big butt light skin curly hair like there's also like a lot of hatred within our own community too and Mm so um it's just something that i'm navigating but i'm learning to just say like i'm lauren and that's who i am and um no matter my hair type my skin color like I am me and um yeah like I said it's an everyday battle but it's very very interesting being biracial I get so many comments all the time of like oh who are you what are you like where are you from like no, where are you actually from I'm like I'm just me like <laughs> no nah, man it's like I get what you're saying though because yeah. when you when, and, and even in the black community right with this colorism problem me growing yeah. up, I was called all types of names because I was I had yeah. uh, I, I was dark primarily dark skin, right? Uh-huh. So I was called all types of names like you know burnt biscuit, don't have burnt yeah. biscuit. You too dark, you too skinny. Yeah. I yeah. think that the issue with with people who um, tends to have low self esteem in their adulthood, it always started with n- names calls and like different things that stem from their childhood. You know, like even yeah. with the colorism, like people would say, like, oh, um, you know, if you're light skin, you're more beautiful. If you're dark skin, you're. And yeah. listen, that's a whole different topic. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, like, it's wrong to, you know, disassociate women by their skin color. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. wrong to, you know, how can I say? It? It's wrong to like put them in a box and, and think one is equal greater than the other you know what i'm saying and even with yeah. your experience like i can only imagine like being biracial and then you know you have different set of friends like you got you got the um let's just say let's just say let's just say like you got some white friends and you got some black yeah. friends right um i i figured that it's exhausting to cold switch each of those friends right <laughs> oh my gosh yes it's even <laughs> friends and also like work settings too uh i feel like i have to code switch a lot in those too but i think that's for like any person of color honestly like mm-hmm. any setting you have right like i mean yeah especially for me like especially when i'm around like my white family i feel like I mean, like, I feel like I have to, but it's just kind of, like, a thing that I do. Like, I feel like I talk different when I'm around my white family than I do, like, my friends. Like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's just, like, in our world, like, people have told us that, like, oh, if you talk like this, it's not professional. Or if you dress like this or wear your hair like this, it's not professional. Or people aren't going to take you seriously. And so I think, like I said, growing up from kindergarten to 12th grade in Iowa like it was ingrained in my head that like if you act this way you're not gonna get anywhere in life like I remember vividly sitting in maybe seventh grade and I had a parent-teacher conference and my teacher this, this at this time I was at a public school and a lot of my friends were black um we had all gone to school together since we were in like kindergarten um and the teacher looked at my mom and said if Lauren keeps hanging out with these type of people or going down this route she's never going to make it to college 
And I'm like, <laughs> it's like living in Iowa, you have racist white teachers and all of this stuff. And so like, it, it's just been ingrained in my mind for so long that like, if you act this way, if you look this way, if you walk this way, if you talk this way, you're not going to get anywhere in life. And so it's taken a really long time for me to unlearn that mentality mm-hmm. and really start to like reclaim my, my blackness, my identity as a woman again, right? Um, because it's been ingrained in my mind so long and not even from my family because my family is like I said the most supportive people ever but just like the way our society functions and operates and sometimes like people say things or do things that just like you're like what in the world like why are we still having this mentality it's 2023 at this point and people are still such like a narrow-minded like way of thinking so I've been trying my best to not code switch as much and to not (laughs) like act a certain way in front of people just be like my authentic self and professional spaces and everything um that's one of my goals for this year is to keep being authentically me all the time so but yeah it's it is definitely a struggle definitely a struggle oh man I can like I said only I can only imagine like the, the the teacher literally told you that if you keep hanging out with your black friends during that time, right, you won't go to college. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what, how old are you in in seventh grade? Like 12, 13? I like remember sitting yeah. there. I was just like, what in the world? And like, I will be the first one to admit, like, I was acting a fool. Like, I was, you know, I was one of the bad kids when I was growing up. Like, I will give her that. But like, to the way that she said it, it wasn't like, I'm concerned about Lauren's behavior. It was more like she's a black child hanging around black kids, acting ghetto. She needs to get her act together. She's not going to make it. And it's like, I do understand like the way that I was acting and stuff probably wasn't the best, but also I'm a child too. So like, give me some grace there. Mm. But like, I don't know. It's just this like stereotype that is so like, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. But yeah. I've always said that like, when I graduate from my doctorate, I'm going to track this woman down and print out my certificate, my like diploma and send it to her and be like, not only did I go to college, but I'm a doctor now. So ha ha ha. Yeah. You don't got to pull yourself to her though. Cause here's the thing. Like, <laughs> You really don't, cause like at the end of the day, as long as you're as as, as long as you're embracing that uh, the Lauren that you want to be, right? Then that's that's that. Look, I completely right. get it. You know, so okay. So did you ever study study social studies? And I know this is a weird question. Have you ever studied so? Well, not weird, but have you studied social studies in high school? Right? Yeah, and the, you know what's crazy? That teacher that told me that was my social studies teacher. So okay. it's really crazy that you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that, you know, when they talked about, um, I know it's a sensitive topic, like if you, if, have y'all talked about slavery and um, and like racism and social studies, right? Yes, all the time. Okay, so you being a biracial woman, right? And having, um, and being mixed, right? How yeah. did that make you feel um, studying two parts of history that, you know, you co-assigned with? So how did that, how did that make you feel? That is such a good freaking question because I will sit here. I remember when I first like went to college and was like really exploring like who I was. I had this moment where I was like, whoa, like there's a there's a good chance that my mother's side, my white side, my ancestors may have owned some of my other ancestors. Right. Like having wow. this idea of, like there there. I mean, it who knows but there is a possibility right right, that somewhere in that lineage like two parts of me were like you said involved 
in this horrific part of history right and so that I think that was the point where I was like holy crap like who am I like it was so crazy (laughs) like what in the world is going on like this is so so crazy um but I think I'm still (laughs) trying to like wrap my head around that because it's such a huge and I mean it seems like an easy thing to understand and comprehend right but like when you're living it and like that's your life and your truth it's kind of hard to like really like make sense of all of that and so yeah it I that thought crosses my mind often Mm -hmm. um but it's it's yeah it's just crazy it's really crazy to think about I I'm definitely so blessed to have really great um a great mother and a great grandmother who were just so like I don't even want to say woke but like good people like good white people because there's not a lot of good white people out there especially people that um like my mother who did have a child with a black man like I know a lot of people that are mixed and like their white side of their family is extremely racist right Mm -hmm. I was so blessed to not have to deal with any of that like being able to come into a home where like I was loved and accepted um Mm -hmm. But I know there's a lot of biracial people that don't have that, right? And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy to think of, like, these are, like, my own family members. But there could have been a time where, like, they were, <laughs> like, slave owners, right? And did own, like, my, like, ancestry, right? So, yeah, it's, it's very, I don't know, it's a weird feeling to sit with. A really weird topic to, like, think about. Um but it's cool too I did my ancestry DNA thing and was able to see like a lot about like where I came from on my black side of the family which I didn't know a lot about so that was cool but I also too think like man like it's just crazy like (laughs) all of the history and all of it there's just so much there so yeah that's a really good question though I always I always think about that (laughs) yeah man like I I need to um I need to go through my ancestry yeah and i need to get back to you on it because who knows like i don't really know like where my lineage is from from both of my mom and dad's side but i do have to study that but it's um, really crazy because if you think about it like i was having this conversation with my mom like not too long ago like mm -hmm. when i did my ancestry dna like they pull a whole bunch of records right so like i was able to see a ton of stuff from my mom's side of the family right because that's my white side they're from america like they have a lot of data on them but then i wasn't able to pull a lot from my dad's side because of the slave trade right because they were Mm -hmm. stolen from their country so there's not a lot of information out there which sucks and it's sad but it was cool to be able to see like that i have like ancestors in nigeria and all these places and be able to see yeah it, it was really really cool and like it's cool to see that but it also sucks like being like okay i know where i'm from but like i don't feel like that's where I'm from right and so Uh um yeah it's really really interesting I really highly recommend like anybody does it but especially black people like it's so cool (laughs) to see where I'm from like for real oh man like that's definitely that's that's definitely inspiring I definitely have to do that because then that way I can study where I'm from for sure so yeah yeah man I'm glad that you're you it seemed like you've been through a lot especially (laughs) a lot of conflict with like okay where do I fit in do I fit in on my mama's side better I fit in on my dad's side better like who am I and um I tell you like that that feeling is not a good feeling I've been through it before it's not a good feeling of trying to figure out 
who 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 you are. You know what I'm saying? And like coming from a family that's like, you know, coming from a family that really is like we're 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 not divided now, but back then we were. Yeah. Um, coming from that type of background, I say like it's not a good feeling seeing your mom and your dad fight a lot or argue a lot. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I've seen a lot, experienced a lot, um, and it made me to who I am today. So a good, a great guy. So of course, I, of course, anybody fall and make mistakes, but you know, I try to do better than the last person. You know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think a lot of people have this like idea of like, oh, Lauren was raised in Iowa by her white family, like that I had this like easy, perfect life. And I like grew up on a farm and like raised animals. Like <laughs> that was not my experience at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I get that all the time. Everyone's like, did you live on a farm? And I'm like, no. What? Okay, I feel like they target you with that. Why a farm? I, I don't know. It's just like Iowa thing. Like everyone's like, did you get corn? Like, did you, I don't even know like anything about any of that. Like the nearest like farm for me is probably like a 40, 30, 45 minute drive. I'm like nowhere near any of that. But everyone's like, oh, you're just like a farm girl from Iowa. I'm like, no, <laughs> not at all. So this brings me to my next question. Do you, do you, yeah. did you have any bullies growing up? I know this is I know that's like a, a broad question, but like since you are biracial and since people have this since people have this big fixation on having mixed babies, right? You heard of that, right? Oh my god, yes. So yes. do you think that you were a part of that group who were bullied because of how you looked and how mixed you were? Mm. Um, I'll answer this in two parts. One, I I do know the fixation that people have on like biracial kids and like, mm-hmm. oh, biracial kids are so cute. Like I want to have, white people are always like, I want to have kids with a black man. And I saw so much of that in Iowa. <laughs> like, ridiculous. So many people that I knew, grew up with, have had kids by um, black men. And some part of me just is like, why? Like, I don't understand. It's just this weird fixation that I feel like a lot of people have and I don't understand it. And I think it's really weird. Um, but yeah, I've definitely heard about that. Um, but bullies, I feel like we all were bullied to some extent growing up. I feel like everyone of had course. their own thing. Um, I don't know so much targeted about being biracial. Mm-hmm. I dealt with a lot of racism in in um, high school. Like I said, I went to like a primarily white school. Um, mm-hmm. And so there was just a lot of like conservative Trump supporting white people at my school. And so, no, like people that felt comfortable like saying the N word and just like, it, it was wild. So I, I think out of like all the bullying and like, hurt that I experienced from, as like a child primarily came from my high school with like really like just generational racism from people mm-hmm. um, so yeah I even I don't know if you saw this about maybe two years ago I don't know if we were friends at that point but two years ago I started this project from uh, called not one of the spirit um, and it was about my high school. Um, like I said, there was a ton of racism, a ton of prejudice that went on there. And this was shortly after the murder of George Floyd. Um, two students that went to the school, um, two white students, made a TikTok video like mocking the death of George Floyd. Like one of them was like laying on the ground, the other one like had his knee on the guy's neck, right? 
I think I heard of that. I think it did yeah. go viral. It went viral. It went like all over the country. Was like on a ton of news sources. Like it was. Mm-hmm. It went crazy viral, right? Yeah, I seen and, that. That's crazy. Yeah. But the school, the crazy part is the school did nothing about it. They gave the kid like a Saturday school and that was it. Um, And so me (laughs) being outspoken and being loud, um, I got together with one of my best friends from high school and we created this video project called Not One in the Spirit because the uh, slogan of our high school was One in the Spirit. So we did kind of a play on words there. Um, But we did that and people just came from far and wide to share their stories about their experiences at our high school which was assumption high school in davenport iowa um we had people that had graduated in the 70s the 60s like come back and like share their stories right and it was this huge video project got all over the news and everything and we started that right just to bring light to like what was going on at this high school that no one was talking about that no one was really like sticking up for people and just like how much trauma that we all got from going to school here right and so unfortunately not much came of it it did cause like a really big ruckus in our town and um across a couple of different um news sources right but besides that nothing really came about it because the school like threatened to pursue legal action and we just didn't really want to get involved in all of that but it was a really amazing uh platform that we got to create but like I said, it was hard to hear about all the stories of people just experiencing racism and and there was even like instances of like sexual assault that had happened and they were just covering mm-hmm. so much stuff up. And so, um, yeah, I would say that probably the most like intense form of bullying that I had ever experienced was in high school of just like very ignorant white people thinking and doing things that was not okay and like not getting consequences for their actions, right? So, right. Yeah. yeah, and I think that I think most white people might look at you and say, "Well, you got some black in you, so how are you gonna tell me um, right. not right. to be not to do this?" Or they might right. tell you, "Embrace your white side, right? Embrace this, you know." Every time, yep. Every, every, okay, that is that's yep. that's wow. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's like you have a white mom, like you have a white grandmother, like you should be on our side, right? Like on your side of what prejudice, racism, like it's. And that's and that's the thing that always irritated me about like oh well you're not embracing your white side like no i know that i'm white i know i'm half white but i'm also half black and my white side white people i'm i don't even know how to put this without sounding like ignorant but like i don't my thing that i hate a lot about that of like well you're you're also white like yes i am but at the end of the day we know that white people have been able to walk through this earth without having to deal with issues related to their identity right like they have never had to walk into a store and be followed because they were white they've never had to be fearful of being pulled over by the police because they were white like white people have had it easier in our country right and so Mm -hmm. why would i focus on fighting for white people what am I fighting for? Like, I'm not fighting for anything. Like you guys, not that y'all have it perfect in this perfect life because nobody does. But at the end of the day, like the black community has been suffering for years and years and years. And that is the issue that there's not enough white people speaking up and fighting for black individuals that we continue to stay in this place of hierarchies, right? If we continue to just do do our own thing, we're just gonna continue on that. Well, white people are better than black people. Like, no, we need to have white people fighting alongside of black people to get things done because white voices are able to be heard a lot quicker than black people and that's exactly why i think the way 
the George Floyd case played out the way it did was because there were so many white individuals finally standing up and becoming like genuine allies. It sucks to say that that's gone now, but that is the case. Like there was this big uptick in white individuals speaking up for black people and black rights when George Floyd was murdered because it was trending, right? It was mm-hmm. this big thing that impacted not even just America, but the whole world, right? And so people were like, all right, let me get in on this. But since George Floyd has died, there has been countless other individuals that have been killed by the police and no, not nobody's made a sound, right? And so- Nobody. I think until we get to the point where white people are standing with black people 24 seven, we're gonna continue being in this oppression Olympics of saying, oh, who has it worse? Like, right. sorry white people, but you don't have it as bad as black people and you never have in this country, right? So right. it sounds harsh to say, but like somebody had to say it. <laughs> no, seriously, you don't, you don't go into a store, like you said, get followed. You don't right. get pulled over by the police for quote unquote some reason or I smell something. You yeah. don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about um, Karen's trying to, right. you know, you know, um, say you can't do something where you're clearly where you're clearly in your own property. Like it's like this hierarchy issue where like you got to how 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 you gonna tell me what to do in my own yard? How you gonna tell me what to right. do in my own property? Come on, man, right. like go on, like get out of here, like. Yep. I, and this, this is the last question I want to ask you. Okay. Um, what's your interaction with the police? So, like, if you're pulled over or like you're yeah. stopped by the police, um, have you ever like had an initial inter- a different interaction? What I'm trying to say is that like, what's your experience with the police? Absolutely. Um, I get this a lot um, because people are like, "Well, you're still white. You've never experienced that." Um, and th- that's black people saying that to me, right? Like you, you're half white, so you've never really experienced that. Um, to black people, I'm half white, but to the police, I'm black, right? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. black. I'm not, I'm not biracial. I am black. Um, and so I've, <laughs> I've had my fair share of pretty rough experiences with the police. I- I'll share one. Um, I was leaving a workout class in downtown Chicago um, and I was sitting at this light down on like state and and something I don't know I was on State Street and I was sitting at this light and there was a car in front of me right and it was this big truck I wasn't really paying attention at the time but the light had turned green like three times and the car in front of me never went and so there's cars behind me if you've ever been in downtown Chicago driving you know people are impatient so if the light is turning green nobody's moving like I'm gonna go around you. So the light turns yellow, he still didn't move. So I I hurry up and get around him and turn because it's like the turn only lane. The light only stays green for, you know, a couple seconds before it's gonna turn red again. And this guy's just sitting here not going. And so I'm like, I'm about to go because I have places to be, right? It's it's downtown Chicago, people are honking, people are getting angry. I'm not about to have somebody cuss me out. So I'm gonna go around you. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm gonna go around you. Mm -hmm. So I I turn the corner out of nowhere. I hear wee you, wee you it was an undercover cop in front of me the whole time. So they pull me over. Um, I'm in, mind you, I just got out of a workout class, got some yoga pants on, I'm sweaty. You know, average girl, 22 year old in Chicago. Um, and the police officer, not one, but four, uh, four, four police officers surround my car, like one, like right on each door. So two on the, uh, driver's side two on the passenger side everybody got their hands on their uh their gun he knocks on my window and is like were we not moving fast enough for you he said that 
Yeah, I said, no, you weren't. Do you need my license and registration? He said, yes. And so I handed it to him. He goes and runs my stuff. Everybody's still sitting there, hands on their guns. And I'm sitting here, you know, hands on the wheel. My mom told me that when I was, you know, just a little kid, hands on the wheel, look straight, music off. Um, I'm sitting there waiting. He comes back, throws my ID and registration in my face, says, you're good to go. And I, he and I didn't it in your face. He threw it in my face, says, you're good to go. But I didn't hear him say, you're good to go. So I'm still sitting there. And he said, I said, you're good to go. And so I said, thank you. Have a nice day. And they all just stand there with their hands on their guns till I drive off. So they so, had, so that they point the guns at you, if I'm not mistaken, or did they like? They never, they never drew them. They never drew them, thank God. But they were standing there, like if I move, if I moved just an inch, they were ready to pull. Them. You know what I mean? Just like that. Yeah. I'm gonna have my hand on my gun just in case you do anything. And I'm like, I'm 22. I'm, a, I'm a young woman. There's nothing in my car to be like scared of. But at the same time, they had four officers at my car like it was just it was crazy i didn't get a ticket i didn't get anything because at the end of the day they shouldn't have been doing what they were doing right you can't sit at a light and just sit there and hang out right you gotta go um right. so they yeah. just mad at you that's all right so I've, I've had my fair share of you know experiences with the police that were negative i mean i've been at a lot of protests right we've had police um yell at us um i remember growing up uh, the mall was always a cool place to be at, but you know, people mm-hmm. would get to fight in and stuff. And there was multiple times where we were in middle school and the police would uh, come up there and if people were fighting, they would pull guns, pepper spray us. I remember getting pepper sprayed at a young age. Mm. Um, so just like, yeah, I've had my fair share of those experiences, right? I do believe though, that having a lighter skin tone does grant me a little bit more grace than other people but at the end of the day you know if I'm walking around with my hair freshly done in box braids um if it's a summertime and I'm a little tanner right they're gonna look at me and be like oh that's a black woman that's a oh, black absolutely woman. They're, they're never gonna see that half white side of me right because they've been trained to know that people of color no matter how dark your skin tone are are people of color you're not white so I've never had the grace of that white card but I know when I'm with my mom there's a little bit of grace there. Uh, there's been mm-hmm. times where my mom's gotten pulled over and I was in the car and there's a little bit of grace there. Um, but still, like my mom will still sometimes get the eye of like, oh, you have a black kid. Like, is that, is she yours or is she adopted? Or like, we've had our fair share of, you know, <laughs> weird remarks by police. So um, yeah, it's not something that I never witnessed. Um, not something that I've witnessed to a crazy extent like some people, but it, it's still there. It's definitely still there. Yeah, this, and I can only imagine how your mom felt when she, when they was asking uh, that question, she's adopted, yeah. is she yours? What do you mean? This is, you yeah. say that. I know yeah. how hers she would have been, you know? Yeah, we've gotten that a lot, not even just for police, but just like a lot of people like, oh, is she yours? Is she adopted? Like, or we get these looks in the grocery store. Even now, like I remember a couple years ago, I was back home, we went to the store and we were checking out together and the lady looked at me I put something on the thing that my mom was gonna buy and she looked at my mom like do you know this girl like is, is she yours and my mom was like that that's my daughter and the look on the lady's face was like oh my bad like it's just yeah, your bad. That ignorance like just that ignorance of people you know so yeah it's 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 a it's a weird world we live in and then also my mom raising a daughter of color too right as a white woman like I know it's been hard for her to navigate too so there's just a lot of a lot of different factors come into play but it's it's a world that we live in for sure yeah i i it's definitely you know it's just 
you know, how you gonna question me and question my child? You know what I'm saying? Like, just, you know, just people weird. Yeah. Uh, but okay, last, last question, because this okay. is getting good, but last, last question, last, <laughs> last question. Okay, so Trump was elected nearly seven years ago. This fall, he'll be, it'll be seven years ago he was elected as president, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, I believe you were still in high school, right? So mm-hmm. when Trump won, and I think you were still in Iowa at that time. What was it actually at that at Iowa when you were school? <laughs> I don't know if you were a junior, sophomore or during that time. Yep. Um, what was their reaction? Was it like a was it chaotic? Like what did you see? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Um two answers to this one. I remember exactly where I was when I found out um, I was home. I was a 2016, yeah, I was a junior in high school. Um, I woke up to hear my mom like sniffling in her room, like just like a like a soft like cry. And I walked in, I'm like, what's, what's going on? Are you good? She was like, Trump won. And I'm like, dang, like my white mother is crying because of our newly elected president of the United States. Like that was crazy to me. Like I could not, mm, I understood me. where the hurt and pain come from, but like to ask like why? And she was like, I have, I have a black kid. Like my daughter is black. Like I have black friends. I have black family. Like my family is her family, right? Like it, she just like could not fathom like the state of our country, like and what it was going to be like. Right. And so I remember getting ready for school and having that thought in the back of my mind, right? Like, man, my mom's crying. I'm sad. I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. And then I pull into school. <laughs> I pull into my all-white Catholic high school in Iowa. I walk into people wearing Make America Great Again hats. I walk into people shouting Trump 2016. I walk into people... Um, making just horrible racial jokes, build the wall, uh, calling us N-words. Like that was probably the worst day ever in high school of coming into a space where it was now socially acceptable to be blatantly racist because our president of the United States is blatantly racist. Mm. So our commander in chief has publicly stated he doesn't like black people. He doesn't like Hispanic people. He doesn't like women. And so now, it's okay to say that without any remorse not that they really cared before he was president because they were doing it but now it was just elevated right it was encouraged yeah it was encouraged that's the word it was encouraged and so i remember being so scared at school that day just like what are they gonna are they gonna do something someone gonna try to hurt me someone gonna try to touch me are people gonna you know i can take the words like you know i'll cry a little bit and, and keep it moving but when it comes to physical stuff, right? It's like, dang, like these people don't care anymore. So like what could happen, right? So right. it was it was definitely a scary time. And then still in Iowa today, I'll, I'll drive around and people got their Trump 2024 flags up ready for him to win next year. <laughs> people, people here still believe that he's still the president right now. And this is all like, a, it, it's crazy. Like I tell you, it's literally two different worlds of coming to Iowa and going home to Chicago. Like it's literally night and day. Um, but now I just I find it funny now I find it just it's just ignorance um, and so yeah it's it's a crazy world here in Iowa trying to deal with our Trump supporters but um, I think I've grown now to realize that it comes from a place of ignorance um, there is a lot of people that it comes from a place of hate um, 
but from from the most part about it I think people just aren't educated enough and don't really know how to navigate it and um yeah so it's it's definitely different from living in Chicago but it was it was definitely a crazy world when Trump was president here it was it was wild yeah and like it's crazy two years ago was the um the White House attack right oh my oh my gosh it that is it's two, January that was two years ago <laughs> oh my gosh i remember exactly where i was i was literally sitting in my apartment in berwin that's when i lived in the suburbs i was sitting in my apartment on a meeting for work and i turned on the tv and they're storming the capitol i literally i unmuted my meeting i said i think we need to end because our capital is under attack like it was so crazy i cannot believe that was like what was that two uh two years ago yeah 2021 uh, crazy literally crazy oh, man and like I, and i could and we and we talked about this all the time if, if it was black people they were definitely <laughs> there is no way that we would have gotten out of there alive there's no no way. no it'll be a bloody mess bloody like you mess. would not see us climbing nothing no. at all no and that's what i'm saying our people want to say that racism still doesn't exist our country is perfect and pure hell no <laughs> not at all not at all and like do you really think the police was going to attack them no. come on like we saw one brave guy was in on it right and i don't even know what the guy name was he was deemed a hero i don't remember oh name. yeah 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 i know who you're talking about you know you know his name i think he he was a black man there right yep he was a black man yeah oh, i can't remember what his name was but yeah i know exactly who you're talking about but so like it's, it's I, people were making memes and stuff like this dude i found i found it humorous that like you going into the capital putting stuff on going to drawers um going into stuff taking pictures but when it's time to pay the consequence now you're crying like yep. why in the world would you stuck would you storm the capital yep why yep oh he i think eugene goodman does that sound familiar uh, I think so. I know. Yeah, I think. I think that's. That, I think that's what it's like. Yeah, I don't know. But that day was wild. It was really crazy, crazy, crazy. So you ain't gonna find no black people storming capitals, okay? Man, I might do a little. I might do a little protest on the sidewalk, but they ain't never gonna see me do nothing like that. Uh-uh. Man, like people crazy. That's but. what I'm saying. We live in two different worlds. We live in so like just so different. Like our realities are so different, and like. That's what I mean of like people, white people can walk <laughs> down the street and do crazy things like that, thinking that there's no consequences to their actions, right? And a black person would not dare, you know? It's just two different worlds that we live in. For sure, like you think white and black people can be can do the same crime, right? Mm-hmm. To get a lesser charge, hell, probably even uh, house arrest. Yep. And the second person gonna get maybe fifty years in jail, uh, no possibility of parole. Like it's just it's 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 crazy. Absolutely, and I don't think, and I think when people hear that, they're like, "Oh, well, you you guys are saying that black people don't deserve to be like punished for their crimes." Of no, course. that's not what I'm saying. I do think that if a black person kills somebody and a white person kills somebody, they both should be held accountable, but to the same stature. And you guys aren't doing that. That's the issue. I'm not right. saying let the black man off. I'm saying let's also give the white man the same punishment that we're giving the black man. You know, it's just common sense. Right. Like it's don't don't like don't charge him. Like don't don't charge the white man like maybe five years or right. uh, we're gonna give him no give give him the, the black same man got a death sentence right right give him the same right. amount of punishment bro 
right right and it's crazy and then we start don't even get me started on the topic of like drugs and like weed because there are black men sitting in jail for life for selling marijuana but now i can walk down to wrigleyville in chicago and get weed off the street why are they still in jail if it's legal like it's so crazy it's crazy to me yeah wrigleyville wild i've been I, i've partied out there and they they, they and they know how to party for sure yeah Uh-oh. and it's just like there's dispensaries on every corner now like weed is legal and like there are still black men sitting behind bars for life i have family members and cousins and uncles that have been in jail right for for selling weed and like i understand that that was criminalized then but now if we're gonna make this stuff illegal in certain states then everybody needs to be let out because something's not adding up <laughs> not at all and i and i believe that definitely they definitely need to be out because mm-hmm. if it's legal now they did sometime then why not let them out like right. why? jail jail is getting too full even need to like have people sitting in jail to be sitting in jail they did their time let them go yeah and i'm like don't even get me started on the topic of jail because jails are literally just modern day slavery and i could go on and on about that but i'll save that for another time but for sure (laughs) Um, you know and lastly like jail especially like they think it's rehabilitation but it's really not in the inside people should like people of course you of course you do the consequences right Right. But don't say it's really rehabilitation and then you're giving me inspired food. Um, right. You're giving me like, come on, bro. Really? you give me a inspired cupcake? Come on, man. Like, give me yeah. something like, it's not really beta- rehabilitation. It's not that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really, really crazy. If you haven't or if anybody listening hasn't watched the documentary 13th, that is such a good documentary and it talks about the prison system and how like it's mm-hmm. literally just been transform into modern day slavery and it's it's wild to listen to so if you haven't watched it i highly recommend that one okay definitely y'all but listen it was an honor and a pleasure having lauren thank you for being in tune with the the creativity podcast we would love to have you again at any time you're more than welcome to come in at any time and also tune in to her podcast you're here so please tune in to her podcast she has amazing episodes coming up really soon um it's an honor and pleasure to have you lauren you're more than welcome to come back at any time and share your story thank you so much it was so great being here and i'm so excited for you to just continue growing your platform and your community and i think this is awesome to all the creatives out there i'm proud of y'all i hope that y'all continue to just like create art and that 2023 is nothing but just like blessings and leveling up expansion growth for all of you guys and i'm just i'm so excited to be here so thank you for having me no problem we will see you soon all right all right